One of the most difficult things about discussing issues such as religion is that most people that you are communicating with have built their understanding of that faith or their own faith off of a lifetime of programming from the people around them. And so you cannot logically expect someone that when you introduce something that deviates from what they see as their normal faith standards or their foundations, when you introduce something that, that, that rocks that world, of course you're going to get kicked back. You're not going to get someone who automatically wants to jump onto your side and go, oh wow, I wonder why I didn't see it that way all of my life. And that's the issue we're dealing with. In most cases, the things that I'm talking about today, the things that I've talked about in the last year, slap the faces of 99% of the audience because it goes against what they have always thought, seen, been told, researched themselves, and so forth. So why should somebody listen to my view any more than someone else's? Or why should they suddenly flip to what I'm referring to and just accept it? Well, they won't. Most people won't. Like I said, 99% of the people that, that hear my messages or see my videos or see my text and my, my responses are going to question where I'm getting my information and why I'm seeing it that way. And what is wild about that, for me at this stage of the game, is I would have been one of those 99 up until the point that I've reached now. And so I understand where people are coming from. I do. I get it. People are not going to uproot their foundation of thinking just because Sean says something. And, and that goes for friends and family as well. I run into these kind of conversations even within my own home with my own family. And they will look at me and go, yeah, but that doesn't... And they get very defensive because you're questioning what they have based their entire belief system on. And they're not only getting defensive because you're doing that about them, they're questioning you as to why you see it that way now. And so they're beginning to wonder, did they ever really know you? And those type of things. All of that begins to happen. So here's where I am. I say all of that to get to this. I understand why people don't like the explanations that I'm giving today in this modern 21st century 2021 environment. I understand why people don't like what I'm saying. I do. I get it. And six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, I would have been seeing it from precisely where they are standing. And I would have been fighting tooth and nail against what I now am fighting for. The difference now is that I'm not going out there and telling people, this is what you've got to believe. This is how it has to be. You've got to jump on board. That is no longer my approach. When people ask me, why are you covering this? Or why are you going that direction? I don't do it now, as I did in the past. I don't do it now to try and lead or educate other people into this thinking. I do it now for me. I do it now for my own soul and for my own understanding of my relationship with the Heavenly Father, with His Son, my Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm doing all of this now 
to thresh out and to flesh, flesh out my understanding of his word, of his creation, of where my place in his creation is. I do all this for me now. And I share it with other people in hopes that they will see some of it and that the Holy Spirit will lead them and guide them and direct them into what to do with it moving forward. I don't do it with the intention of educating the world and I don't do it with the intent of changing the world. And I don't think the gospel was ever intended that way either. I, I don't recall anywhere where Jesus said, go and do this to your blue in the face and you must continue to do it until they change. He said to go preach. Go preach the gospel. Preach the good news. But he also reminded them that when they enter into a place that does not accept the news that they are preaching, to dust off the dirt from that place and to move on. And he reminded us that the very place that you're going to have the biggest resistance is going to be within your own homes, within your own communities. Your own people are going to reject you. So knowing that, I no longer approach any of this with an attempt that I'm going to change my family, that I'm going to change my world. I'm not. I've read the end of the book. I know that this world that we're living in right now is not going to change from what you're seeing. And that's not me being a pessimist. That's me being optimistic of the Word of God telling truth. And the Word of God tells us very clearly that the tribulations and the trials are going to increase. That the birth pangs are going to be stronger, not weaker. Scripture does not tell us that if we do the right sequence of things, or we follow the right number of people, or we do a particular walk down a particular path, that the world is going to come to peace. There is no indication of that in Scripture. The closest we have to that is peace when Christ returns. And even in Revelation, and this is one of those things that I am waking up and realizing is that even in Revelation it is telling you that that is not going to be peace until the end of the millennium. And again, this is all information. I'm learning at this age, at this stage of my life, that regrettably I should have learned from my church as a child as a teenager, as a college student. It's what I should have been trained and taught in in seminary. It's what I should have been shown in ministries throughout the world, online, in person, through books, through everything. It's what I should have been shown and taught and instructed on all of my life. But I wasn't. And it's not that I wasn't taught it because it wasn't right, or I wasn't taught it because it didn't exist in Scripture. I wasn't taught it because the virus, so to speak, the, the, the sinfulness, the deception that has been there, has been there within my entire lifetime, but it's been within many generations. 
the church itself has been infected for centuries. We, we spend so much time talking about how the educational system is damaged. All the systems are damaged. They're all flawed. They all pull from a particular perspective, including, in fact, especially the church. Now, I've said things like this before, and I've gotten some really crazy responses from people on this. They've questioned my foundation of my faith, or they've claimed that I'm preaching a false gospel and all of these things. And some of that I probably would have been saying myself to someone like me at this stage. Where my knowledge is coming from is coming from me having to reprogram, and correction, it's not me reprogramming. The Holy Spirit has been reprogramming my mind and my heart. The things I should have been taught as a child in church, in Sunday school, in high school as I was developing, in early ministry environments that I was in and opportunities I had on mission trips, what I should have been learning in my bachelor's and master's degrees in religious studies and in theology I didn't. And what I was getting from peers and from the texts of the 20th century and the 21st century, all of it wasn't teaching me absolute truth. It was teaching me the adulterated version of these theories and these concepts. The 20th century writers were heavily influenced by the late 19th century doctrines that began to play into the world. And you're familiar with these things. The mid to late 1800s is when our time frame began to shift as far as the way that we processed our information and where we got our information from. Most of us pick up and open up an English Bible and it is a translation that was introduced in the mid to late 1800s or mid to late 20th century. And it was commentated throughout by men of the mid 1800s to mid 1900s. It's not old. The scripture itself is the same scripture that's been there since the 1600s, if you're reading T King James. In my case, I've gone back to Greek. I'm going back as early back as I can. I'm retraining myself in my Greek that I had six years of formal training in and 25 years since in, in refreshers. But I'm retraining myself in all this and I'm getting away from the 20th century concepts and the late 19th century concepts and I'm going back into the earlier works. I'm studying Judaism from as early as a history of Judaism as I can get. I'm studying Islam from the earliest writings that I can understand from that. I'm differentiating Catholicism and Protestantism from Christianity and realizing that what I've been trained, even professionally trained from seminary, was jaundiced. It was sick. And the people that were teaching it to me 
most of them, I would imagine, I would hope that most of them were blind to it as well, and they taught it that way because they themselves had been taught it that way, and the generation before them. Now, in some cases, they weren't. They were first-generation heretics. They knew what they were teaching was different than Scripture. They knew that they were leading us down paths that were not actually scriptural. But I gave into it like everyone else did. I mean, when, when your early teachers teach you in a certain way, you want to trust those teachers. And so it's understandable that you want to believe these things. And what's difficult is the Sunday school teachers of my youth were teaching through, in most cases, they were teaching from texts that were written by 20th century theologians. I guess you could call them that. 20th century lesson plan writers basing their information primarily off of commentaries like Schofield or Ryrie and so forth, MacArthur. In other words, they were writing their lesson plans for Sunday school consumption from the brains of a handful of men, not purely from the scripture, or going back to early history of that portion that they were discussing in that Sunday school lesson. And so the Sunday school teachers were teaching based off of information they wanted to trust, they believed they could trust it, they had trusted it themselves most of their lives, and so they were passing it on. So I don't blame them. But it leads that generation being taught by them to go on and teach the next generation from the same sources or in the same belief systems. And here I am now in my 50s going back and rereading just the scripture itself. And the Holy Spirit is pointing out, hey, do you see that it doesn't say what you thought it said here? It's not there. And it's made me pause a great deal, particularly over the last year. I've had to stop, and I've had to regroup, and I'm going to go, hold on a second, it doesn't actually say what I've always believed that it said. And it's not like the text is gone. It's that I was always taught that section of Scripture within a bubble of information. Just as most of you have been. And as a result of that, what has happened is that we have come to see it a certain way without actually being able to point to it in Scripture. And the reason you can't point to it in Scripture is because it's not there. Or what is there isn't what you remember being there. I say all of this to say that I've spent my life at the feet of scholars, either physically in Sunday school or in seminary or in churches, or metaphorically in the pages of books. And now in recent years, it's been through video. And I, I've had a bachelor's, four-year bachelor's, four-year master's in religion studies and theology, and then 25 years after that of personal study. And so in the midst of those 30-plus years, 
it's just been within the last year or so that I've begun to actually delve just into the scripture and realize or go back to early writings. And when I mean early writings, I'm talking about people who wrote in the 100s, 200s, 300s AD, the early historians of Christianity. People that were not as tainted as we are today in our perversion of the way that we see Christianity, Protestantism, Catholicism, Islam, the whole gamut, Judaism especially. So when I introduce to somebody the concept that Judaism isn't really as old as you think it is, people look at me and go, you're crazy. And yet, if you were to look at the early church histories, you would realize that many of these writings were still in the process of being written, even when Christ was walking this earth. There were books still being added into the Judaism doctrine just decades prior to Christ's birth and decades following his death and resurrection. Judaism was still being formed around the time that Christianity was being born and developed. And yet we are led to believe, I've always been led to believe, that it's thousands of years older than that and that it's got this long, strong history. It doesn't. The events of Abraham took place 3000 BC. And yet they were just documenting it 1200 BC? 1000 BC? So a couple of thousand years go by before they write down their history and they're writing it during the influence of Babylonian captivity and so you're getting Babylonian faith concepts thrown into the midst of all of this and what you get is the early stages of Judaism but it was still being molded and developed even during the time Christ was walking the earth. That's a new concept to me. And when I say this, there are people watching this video that are going to say, that's crazy, he's talking crazy talk. But I'm not. Go back and look at the early histories and you will find the same thing I'm finding. The problem is it's not being taught in our Sunday school curriculum. It's not being taught in our seminaries. It's not being taught in any of these things because they want 20th century and 21st century writers and theologians and seminary doctorates to formulate all this information. They want it be based off of today's concepts, not the actual history of these items. And that's just Judaism. That's just Judaism. Catholicism is Judaism in a Romanized form. It's not Christianity. It takes Christian concepts, which Judaism did as well, but it has Christian concepts in it, but it's a Romanized version of all this. And to say that and have people tell me that I'm being heretical is crazy. I'm not spitting out something saying that I am opposed to this scripture and here's where this scripture is wrong. I'm talking about a religious system built around or based loosely on that scripture. Heresy is when I'm speaking against the word of God, not what man has done with the word of God. 
Catholicism is not Christ teaching. And the further back you go and the closer to the origins of things, and you don't have to read another language in order to do it. You can look at early English translations of early church fathers. And when I mean church fathers, I'm not talking saint this, saint that. I'm talking about early church figures, pre-Catholicism. And you will see what I'm talking about. It's not hidden. It's there. But the system that I've known since I was a small child growing up in our colleges, in our seminaries, in our churches, teaches a different perspective. It omits most of that history. And so, yes, it fights. It, it shoots against the concepts that you and I have been raised to believe, to understand. It fights all of that. It's not new doctrine that I'm presenting. It's original history that I'm presenting. And it's not coming from me. It's coming from early church fathers. It's coming from the scripture itself. And there's a far greater expanse of this than I could ever cover in a lifetime. And I could never imagine or anticipate that I would be able to, to change anybody by what I'm relating. That's not my place to do. The Holy Spirit is changing my understanding of Scripture and my understanding of my faith. And I'm passing on some of that to you. If it affects you, if it makes you want to do the research, okay, now let's go back to those days when I used to preach cues so strongly. Research, 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 right? Do it for yourself. Well, here we are. That is a truth. Do your research. I'm not telling you this is what you have to believe. I'm telling you go out there and do the research yourself. Go and look at early church histories. Go and read, actually read, early church fathers. And most of all, actually sit down and page after page read your Bible particularly the New Testament. Read it and ask yourself as you're going through it what it's actually saying and you will notice. Go through all four Gospels and I guarantee you, you will have moments where you will go, well, where is that passage where I always... And you're going to realize that it's not there. Or that your understanding or what you've been taught or what you've believed isn't necessarily what's actually written in God's Word. The Word itself isn't, isn't. Now, modern translations are changing the meanings, but it's not that the Scripture has changed. It's that if you're reading it in and of itself or reading it without the 20th and 21st century blinders that are put on there, you're going to realize there's more to God's Word than you knew, and there's less to the faith that you've been preached at than you ever thought. And I'm going to make a statement that <clears throat> I had to come to an understanding on years ago, actually. It's not something within the last year. It's been several years at this point where I realized that the church didn't, wasn't, can't, won't feed me. sitting 
in a pew listening to the preacher is a good start for an early Christian, but it should be the baby's milk. You learn more from God's Word by sitting in God's Word with God. If you rely on your understanding of your faith on what you are told by someone on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or off of the website uh, or off of a commentary or off of somebody else's writings about the Bible rather than from the Bible, you're going to get the wrong information every time. See, you can't go wrong if you go back into the Scripture and you're reading in the Scripture and the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing you in that and you're are actually experiencing God's Word. You can't mess that one up. I'm sorry. You just can't. Now, you can mess that up in this way, I guess, if what you're reading is not the top portion of your page but just the bottom portion of your page. If what you're reading is the commentary and the notes down at the bottom, you're not reading the Word of God. You're reading man's commentary on the Word of God. You need to go through and read without the footnotes. Go through and read it without some kind of a, an assistant manual, some kind of a book with you. Do it without some kind of supplemental curriculum. And I know it's a crazy concept in the 21st century to discuss doing a Bible study with only the Bible. But you got to admit we're in a unique time frame. And if where you're getting information is from commentaries and from supplemental writings and from supplemental videos rather than from God's Word, you're going to miss a lot. And that's coming from somebody who spent 30-something years thinking I was being trained on how to read the Bible. In reality, I was being trained on how to avoid reading the Bible and to listen to men. I was being trained on how to focus in on all these other people's writings. And what I have discovered, finally, and it's embarrassing to realize that it's taken this long in my life to do it, but I'm thankful that it has finally arrived, is I'm realizing that I have spent my life reading around God's Word rather than reading God's Word. That is where I am. That is why I am where I am. And that also is why I can make comments, and I'm sure that I've lost followers because they think that I'm being arrogant, and I'm not trying to be arrogant when I say that I don't care if my followers drop, my numbers drop. What I mean by that is not that I don't care that people are watching. I just don't care if I'm offending them with what I'm presenting. I don't put it out there to make you feel better. I put it out there to try and give you some exposure to some things. Exposure that I wished I had gotten for 30 years of my life. 